Hey, CBA team, John Burns here with Juliana Hirschap from Policy, and we are here to, to do our very last policy one-pager uh, audio podcast uh, version, uh, and we're here to talk about pursuing responsible spending at the Department of Veterans Affairs. And Juliana, as I understand it, this kind of kind of just tears right out of our, our concern about spending and our focus on the VA, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Save the best for last year. So for, for the last couple of decades, uh, the VA has basically been uh, running up the, the check, running up the tab. Um, um, and, you know, over the last 20 years, the last two decades or so, you know, we've had a whole different generation of veterans um, experience a whole different war and a whole different economy and a whole different environment. Um, and yet Congress and the VA and the American people, we've never really had an adult conversation about like what the right amount of spending for the VA is. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the VA has also kind of been that, that agency that um, kind of has just slid under the radar for, for a lot of folks, um, you know, in Congress. And it's just, you know, well, the veterans need more, need more money without asking, you know, is that money being used effectively and who is it going to and you know what's the actual state of the va um, when it comes to the changing veteran population and what needs to change yeah it's it's like like the military sometimes um people just don't want to be on the wrong side of it and you know if it's if it's having your staff and yourself spend a couple of days, you know, researching an issue and, and whether it's worth it or it's an easy yes vote. We know a lot of folks in Congress will, you know, hey, it's not my money. Yes, spend more. Give the veterans what they need, right? Without thinking, you know, are we actually spending money on veterans or are we spending money on projects, employees and, and properties that really don't serve the purpose at all? Or contractors or, you know, special pilot programs or you fill in the blank. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I told a story at an event recently, you know, the, this clinic where I go to is they pay a lease for the building and land um, for land that was donated by the federal government to a local airport authority with the stipulation that a certain percentage of the land to include the airport had to be public service land. They couldn't just all use it for private development. So they gave it to a, they, they the airport authority sold or leased the land to a private developer who's now leasing it back to the federal government. And they're paying rent in, you know, for, for property that they probably could have either bought back or, or, you know, bought back from the airport authority somewhere else on the footprint, the same. Yeah. It's, so. it's actually pretty brilliant though. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give props to whoever navigated all of those loopholes in order to, you know, ultimately profit at the end. So, uh, so looking at federal spending across um, the, the entire federal agency domain, um, how does the VA compare over the last 10 or so years? Sure. So, you know, the Department of Veterans Affairs, interestingly enough, has actually like never been subject to any sort of even nuts. I mean, I think spending cuts is not even probably the right word, but any sort of spending restraint. Um, you know, when the Budget Control Act was passed in 2011, that was kind of the big piece of legislation that actually slowed down federal spending um, over the last decade. It by no means cut federal spending. It just slowed it down. Um, and interestingly enough, the VA was the only federal agency that was actually exempt from any of those spending um, um, top line um, restrictions. And so all in all, the VA's budget has increased by 100%. It has doubled in the, um, yeah, doubled in the last decade. Um, and, you know, no other federal agency even comes close to competing with the VA for the dramatic spending increases that they've received. 
Um, the only federal agency that comes close is the, tre is the Treasury, and that's because the Treasury is paying interest on our, on our national debt. Um, so that doesn't quite count, but it's also equally alarming. Um, and so, you know, we think kind of taking a step back of like, you know, and actually if you take a further step back and look back from, you know, 2011, and obviously there's been massive changes in the veteran population over the last two decades, uh, the VA budget has increased from 45 billion to 240 billion in fiscal year 2021. So that's doing the math. That's like three, four, 400% that it's increased yeah. over, over 20 years. And in fact, it's growing. The budget is growing faster than the population served. Is that right? Exactly. The population served at the VA is actually decreasing. Um, you know, we know that we've got, you know, the World War II veterans that we might have been serving in 2000 and even in 2010, most of them are not with us anymore. Um, and that was a, a very large cohort of veterans. Um, and granted, we do have more Vietnam era veterans utilizing the VA now than we did two decades ago, but it still doesn't even compete with that, that World War II era um, of, of veteran cohorts. Yeah, the, the US veterans population, both, um, both total actual number and per, as percentage of the population hit its high point in the late 80s. Um, and it's been declining as, you know, we, in the late 80s, you still had World War I veterans who were alive. Uh, you know, now most of our World War II veterans are, are, are not with us anymore. There are still a few hanging on. Korean veterans are, are aging out. Uh, even Vietnam veterans, you know, the earliest ones are already get, getting into their 80s already. So, um, so yeah, the, the population is shrinking. And yet, um, you know, even in terms of the, the number of new patients that the VA is serving, w those who are growing into the system are like there's less of them than they're yep. spending, right? So yeah, it's it's an incremental growth of of new patients coming into the VA, and those new patients are that that post 9/11 population. Um, but you know that grew by about three and a half percent, and then um, you know the number of personnel, the number of employees at the Department of Veterans Affairs grew by twelve and a half percent. So. The VA has certainly been hiring more employees, but it's really not clear who those employees are actually serving when the veteran population has decreased, so, um, so, you know, in, in proportion. Yeah, absolutely. So as an organization uh, known for making suggestions to Congress, we have some congressional suggestions, don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. Um, we got some ideas and, um, you know, None of these ideas are certainly the golden bullet to fix the problem, um, but we think they're places to start. And so the first thing that we've been talking about and we're gonna continue to talk about on Capitol Hill is you know, auditing the VA. Um, you know, we, were, we all remember the stories that came out of the, the DOD audit of discovering you know, aircraft that the DOD didn't know that they had. 37 um, Blackhawk helicopters. Right, I mean, they were just hiding out there somewhere. And, um, you know, we think the VA probably has, has a similar problem. Um, you know, we know that um, with the exponential spending, that spending is going somewhere. Um, and, you know, where and how those dollars are being spent, um, you know, should be subject to an independent audit. And it's more of a, like a programmatic audit, not just a, do the dollars add up, you know? The VA does undergo a financial audit every single year, but that really doesn't tell us what we really need to know here, which is, you know, what's, where is that spending going? How are those programs actually being executed effectively? And, you know, are those programs even serving veterans? You know, everyone loves creating a pilot program 
for some new um, subcategory of veterans that has, you know, X, Y, and Z unique things that they're facing. Um, but to actually know whether or not, you know, those programs are serving veterans, are there veterans enrolled in them? Or also like, what's the actual per veteran cost of those programs sometimes? Because those are things we should be asking. Um, and also asking like, is the VA really the best person to deliver those services um, at the end of the day? So not just, um, not just does, does, you know, hey, we gave the VA $4.5 billion this year. Can they account for $4.5 billion in this program? But like did $4.5 billion affect, you know, four veterans? Did it affect 50 veterans? Exactly. Or did, did it actually affect, you know, a hundred thousand or more veterans as would make sense for spending that kind of, that's the kind of audit, audit we're talking about. Like, right. not, just, not just an accounting audit, but an effectiveness audit. Yes, exactly. And also even asking those questions, you know, when we talked about a little bit earlier on how the um, number of VA employees has increased quite, quite dramatically, you know, asking what are the, what are the um, metrics on those staffing levels and the justifications for those increases, you know, who are those staff, where are those increases happening? You know, are those happening, you know, at VA headquarters or are those happening, you know, in actually delivering better care and services to veterans? Um, and it's really hard for us to really get a unique um, insight into that with the information that's public right now when it comes to the VA. Sure. So the second suggestion we have for Congress kind of reminds me of my favorite president and one of my favorite sayings. Uh, that's Ronald Reagan, who claimed that the closest thing to immortality in modern world was a government program, right? Um, so we want, we want Congress to examine VA programs that could be expired, right? <laughs> yes. So every September, you know, at the end of every single fiscal year, Congress always votes on this massive VA extenders bill. It's almost one of the only agencies that I see this happen with, but for the VA, they always have an extenders bill that comes up in September because it's some program, some um, unique thing that was created at one point in time. And instead of letting it expire, um, you know, Congress is just re-upping it without really asking any hard questions of going back to some of those things we were talking about when it comes to a VA audit. Um, you know, they're just letting these programs continue without sort of asking about their effectiveness, about the number of veterans served, about where is that money going? Um, so, you know, we think this is a pretty simple ask of saying, you know, maybe Congress should hold some hearings here. Maybe Congress should demand some justifications from the VA in order to um, actually before signing off on extending these expiring programs year over year over year. And, and I'm guessing that, that like a well designed for political purposes uh, defense aircraft. Uh, these extender bills uh, are well designed in that some aspect of the VA reaches into almost every congressional district and certainly Absolutely. into every state, right? So there's there's more reasons to just rubber stamp that than there are to, to, to stop sometimes, right? Don't want to lose that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. The members of Congress from Kentucky really love their horse VA programs. <laughs> um, it's interesting how all of that works. Um, you're absolutely right. And so the, the last thing we're, we're asking them to do is the same thing that, you know, that, that my wife asks me to do on a regular basis, and that's stick to the budget, right? Right, right. So this gets a little bit in the weeds. This is a little, little nuanced here, but um, every single year, you know, when we are talking about those spending limits that exist for, you know, across the federal government um, as part of our, you know, technically we say that we have a budget, but, you know, there's spending limitations that exist. And, Something that Congress really likes to do is to designate certain um, 
kind of buckets of spending as emergency. Um, and by designating them as emergency designations, they're not subject to any of the spending limitations that exist. And they're kind of off budget. It's almost just like this. It's very much a budget gimmick. Um, we see this in the foreign policy space with how we fund our, the war in Afghanistan through the OCO account. And for the VA, you know, members of Congress on both sides of the aisle have tried the last two years to put funding for the VA Mission Act into this other separate emergency designation account. And so we oppose that. That should not be happening. You know, funding for community care should be part of the VA's budget um, year over year. And, um, you know, we shouldn't be using budget gimmicks to um, justify spending increases. So, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up, right? Audit the VA, examine expiring VA programs, keep the spending on budget. We're, we're basically asking Congress to do its job and provide some yes. oversight and and be good stewards of the, the, the money that taxpayers um, are, are happy to give when it helps veterans achieve, you know, achieve good outcomes, right? When it takes care of the health that they may have, you know, sacrificed some of in defense of their country, when it takes care of, of making sure that, you know, that their barriers are removed, but it should not be basically a slush fund, right? I mean, this should be right. this should be targeted money that is well spent in order to achieve good outcomes for veterans. And we think Congress could do a better job. Exactly, exactly. And even like crazily enough, Congress right now is even looking to infuse an additional $20 billion into the VA as part of the Biden stimulus plan. And that's another example of things that we're saying, hold up, wait, why do we need that money? There's no actual justification for it. Um, and, and that's kind of how we see our approach to you know, when we're looking at the VA's budget is how can we kind of add a little bit of restraint there um, and, and ask those hard questions. All right, Team CVA, there you have it. Juliana Hirschap on VA spending and why it needs to be supervised. <laughs> That's our last policy podcast uh, for this year. Uh, thanks, Juliana, for your time. And uh, Team CVA, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.